And welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Anchor FM. And this is me, Warren Landis. I am your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And once again, I am so thrilled to have you listening to Sunshine USA today. And uh, it might be if you uh, know someone who, like yourself, enjoys uh, good old-fashioned Bible study, I hope that you will contact that person and tell them how to tune in to the platform that you're listening to right now so that they, too, can uh, listen as the Word of God is being taught. I'm convinced that one of the things we need in the world today is more Bible study. And we as Christians need to spend more time in the Bible. We convince ourselves too readily that we just don't have time for the Word of God. And of course, I understand and most of all God understands that you have a busy schedule. I mean, we have to work, we have to support our families, and and the Lord thoroughly understands that. He thoroughly gets that. But that doesn't allow us to escape from the fact that we need to spend time every day in the Word of God. We need to spend time every day in the Word of God. There's no substitute for that. And of course, here I'm talking about the study of God's Word, not just the reading of God's Word. Anybody can read the Word of God, but it takes a lot of hard work to study the Word of God to closely examine what the Word of God has to say to us today. And so that's a very important point to make. Now, I want us to ask ourselves a very important question as it relates to the Bible study today. And that is this, what is the unpardonable sin? Now, if you were to come over to my apartment... (laughs) for in-person Bible study, and you know, I might like to do that sometime. There might come a time when I want to have a Bible study in my apartment, and we might have, you know, five or ten, fifteen people at a time come for an in-person Bible study, and we'd probably serve up refreshments and have a time of small talk and fellowship, and then we would get down into the serious study of God's Word. And sometimes that might involve answering a question like we're going to try to answer today. And that is, what is the unpardonable sin? What is the sin so bad, so terrible, that God cannot and will not forgive it? Now, we're going to take a deductive reasoning approach to this first, by asking ourselves, what is the unpardonable sin not? <laughs> what is not the unpardonable sin? Well, let's take a look at David. David, as you know, years ago, he committed a terrible sin with Bathsheba, the sin of adultery. And then to cover that up, he had her husband killed. So he was actually a guilty of adultery. He was a guilty of murder. And those two things put together were terrible. But as terrible as it was, as awful it was as it was, it was not the unpardonable sin. It was not the unpardonable sin. So let's take a look at what 
Paul did. Now, Paul, in his younger days, before he converted to Christ, he was known as Saul, and he was a great persecutor of Christians. In fact, the persecution dished out by Paul was so severe that many Christians left Jerusalem. They fled from Jerusalem in order to escape the persecution of Paul. And so Paul decided to go on the road to Damascus and seek these Christians out wherever they could be found, these believers out wherever they could be found. And when he found them, they were going to be put to death or put into prison or both. And so it was a terrible thing that he did. But as terrible as it was what Saul did, it was not the unpardonable sin. In fact, it's interesting to note that Saul referred to himself, or Paul as he was later known, Paul referred to himself as being the chief of sinners. And I don't think any of us would challenge Paul on that. What he did was deplorable. What he did was despicable. And yet, at the same time, God forgave him. Because when he got saved on the road to Damascus, Paul literally became a new creature in Christ. He was not the same person that he once was. So we have two examples right there of that which the unpardonable sin is not. So what is the unpardonable sin? Well, we're going to dig into the third chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Now, of course, you'll recall yesterday, or on the last broadcast, whenever that was, you will find that I talked about the expanding healing ministry of Jesus. And this didn't set well with the Pharisees. The, the Pharisees felt like what Jesus was doing was wrong because, number one, they felt like Jesus didn't have the authority to heal anybody, and they especially resented the fact that he was healing people on the Sabbath. So they already had issues with Jesus. In fact, we're told in the broadcast that I did yesterday, we're told that the Pharisees decided to confer with the Herodians to see what could be done about this problem. Okay, now, let's read on today. Today we read about the unpardonable sin. It starts with uh, Mark chapter 3, verse 22. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said he had Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils he casteth out devils. And he called unto him... And said unto them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil the goods except he first bind the strong man, and then after he binds the strong man, then he will spoil the house. Verily I say unto you, all sin shall be forgiven, and the sons of men, unto the sons of men. 
and blasphemies, wheresoever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath not forgiveness, but is in danger of external damnation. Because he said he hath an unclean spirit. Now, you might say in a nutshell, Jesus is indicating to the Pharisees that the unpardonable sin is the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not blasphemy in general. It's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Because, you see, when you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, you are blaspheming the one that could save you. You know, if you reject God, if you reject Jesus Christ, that's one thing. But when you reject the Holy Spirit, there's no one else to rescue you from your sin. And that's where you are in danger of eternal damnation. That's when you are in danger of going to hell. Now, you know, I find it very interesting. We don't find a lot of sermons today being preached on the subject of hell. I think we would probably see a lot more revival in this country if we did hear more sermons on hell. But today, you see, we have too many preachers that want to be country club preachers. They want to be lovable. They want to be loved. They want to be popular. And so they just don't want to preach on the subject of hell. And yet, hell is just as much a reality as heaven is. In fact, we're told that in the Bible... Hell is so terrible that Jesus actually taught more about hell than he did heaven. And the reason for that is because of the fact that hell is a real but terrible place. And Jesus didn't want to see anybody go there. And here you have the Pharisees basically taking what is a work of God, such as healing people, and attributing that to Satan. In other words, the Pharisees were telling Jesus, you're not God, we reject you. You're not God, you're Satan. And it's Satan that's giving you the power and the authority to do all this. And you see, in effect, that's exactly what the unsaved person has done. The unsaved person has said, God, I reject you. God, I don't want you. God, I want you out of my life. Now, the sad thing about that is God will honor that request if that's the request you stick with. But it's not the will of God for any to die and go to hell. It's the will of God that everybody should die and go to heaven. But if you're going to go to heaven, you're going to have to go there God's way, not your way. Now, I know we have people like Oprah Winfrey in this country that go around saying, well, you know, I believe there's many ways to God. Oh, no, there's not. The Bible says there's not many ways to God. In fact, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So, I mean, I know that sounds very narrow-minded. It doesn't sound very accommodating. <laughs> You know, it doesn't sound very tolerant, but that's the way it is. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh 
unto the Father, but by me. So you see, the thing about it is, if you're going to go to heaven, and I don't meet too many people that don't want to go to heaven, you're going to have to go God's way, not your way, God's way. You know? And I've always said there's two goals that I have in this ministry called Sunshine USA. My first goal is that people through this radio ministry called Sunshine USA, my goal is that people will come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. That's my primary goal. Now, my other goal is that once people are saved and once they know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, they will have a desire to study the Word of God. I mean, not just read the Word of God. I'm talking about truly studying the Word of God, examining the Word of God, seeing what the Word of God has to say to them today. And you see, this is so important. This is so paramount. Because as Christians, for example, we can't know the will of God unless we know the Word of God. Because God's never going to tell you to do anything that contradicts His Word. Let me say that again. God is never going to tell you to do anything that contradicts His Word. He's not going to tell you that something is wrong in the Bible and then tell you it's okay to do it. And so one of the most important ways that we as Christians can learn the will of God is to get into a study of the Word of God. Amen. Don't be like the Pharisees. Don't be like the Pharisees and attribute the work of God to the work of Satan. Because when you take a stand against God, you will lose every time. Now let's go on and read the next group of verses, which is Mark chapter 3, verses 31 through 35. And here, Jesus is talking about new relationships. Now, bearing in mind, in the truest sense of the word, Christianity is not a religion. Now that might sound a little bit strange to you, but it's true. Christianity is not a religion. Let me say that again. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what this next verse of scriptures are all about at the end of Mark chapter 3. It says, uh, And there, there came then his brethren and his mother, now that would be the half-brothers of Jesus and their mother, and standing without, sent unto him, calling him. And the multitude set about him, and they said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren without seek for thee. For he answered them, saying, Who is my mother? Who is my brethren? And he looked round about on them, which sat about him, and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister, my mother. <laughs> now, I want you to picture what's happening here. 
here we have Jesus who is preaching to a great crowd of people. Amen. He's preaching to a great crowd of people. The crowds are rather humongous. And apparently, Jesus' mother shows up, as do his brethren, that is, his half-brothers. And they're obviously looking for Jesus. I think they're keenly interested in what Jesus is doing. They probably don't fully understand what Jesus is doing, but nonetheless, here they are seeking him out. But it would seem that Jesus doesn't notice them. Now, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. I mean, bearing in mind, you know, there's a big crowd here. And so we really just don't know. And so somebody in the crowd says, Hey, Jesus, your mother, your brethren, they're looking for you, man. They're wanting to talk to you, man. And Jesus says, Who are my brethren? Who is my mother? <laughs> you know? And he says, Whoever does my will, <laughs> whoever does God's will, that's my brother, my sister, my mother. Amen. Amen. Now, that lets us know that Christianity is a family relationship. And we become a member of the family when we come to know Christ as our Savior. And one of the things that Christ expects of us, you might say, once we become part of the family, Christ wants us to be busy doing the will of God. I've always said the most important thing we can ever know is the will of God, and the most important thing we could ever do is the will of God. Now, how do we know what the will of God is? Well, for one thing, we get into the Word. This is why I cannot put enough emphasis on the importance of us as Christians every day getting into the Word of God. Man, I tell you, I can't tell you how important that is. Now, another thing you might want to do is take a look at the gifts and talents that God has given you. A lot of times I think that's uh, a pretty good indicator as to what the Lord wants you to do. The Lord might reveal to you in a sermon that some preacher preaches what his will is for you. There's all kinds of ways that God could speak to you and make his will known to you if you will but listen. But then once you discover what the will of God is for your life, there's nothing more important than turning around and actually doing the will of God. And that's when we become part of the overall family of God. Amen. Well, our Bible study today, I'm cutting it a little bit short. I know that here in the United States, for example, uh, this is going to be a long, busy day because of the fact that this is a day that uh, many people will be going to the polls, that is, those that haven't already done so, and they will be voting. And uh, the people that follow these things tell us that in all probability if you go to vote today you're going to have to expect to be there a long time you're going to have to pack a lot of patience <laughs> and be willing to wait a long time 
And so therefore, uh, we're going to cut today's Bible study just a little bit short so that you're going to have time to go out and do that. Amen. Um, now, if you have a Bible study question, or if you have a prayer report or a prayer request, you can shoot me an email, warrenlandis at yahoo.com. That's warrenlandis at yahoo.com. Or you can contact me at my other email address, which is uh, warrenlandis at gmail.com. warrenlandis at gmail.com. Either way, I would love to talk to you, and I would love to pray with you over any prayer requests that you have. I will love to read your testimonies about what the Lord has been doing in your life through this radio broadcast. And also, I, I want you to know that I will try as best I can to answer any of your Bible study questions that you have. Now, those of you that would rather contact me by snail mail, let me go ahead and give you my snail mail address. My snail mail address is uh, Warren Landis, 3001 Old Buncombe Road, apartment number 8, Greenville, South Carolina, 29609. That's Warren Landis, 3001 Old Buncombe Road, apartment number 8, Greenville, South Carolina, and the zip code is 29609. Now, before you close that envelope, you might want to enclose a few dollars just to help this ministry out as we try to find ways to expand the ministry and reach even more people. Now, I might say just for the record, I don't receive a salary for doing this broadcast. I do it out of the goodness of my heart. It is indeed a labor of love that I do these broadcasts each and every day. And it is truly the highlight of my day to do these programs so that I could reach people for Christ and so that I could teach Christians the Word of God at a deeper level. Well, that's going to bring us an end to today's broadcast. On the next broadcast, we'll start with Mark chapter number 4. And I just want to say goodbye. God bless you. And guess what? I'm going to see you next time on Sunshine. USA.